number of scriptures I'd like to turn to. We do want to remember these different requests that we've heard. Brother Hugh, you, my heart skipped when I saw you in church. Amen. We've been fighting with you and we'll continue to fight. And that is the truth. God is great. Listen, the Mohammeds don't get, or the, you know, Islam or whatever you want to get. God, God is great. Well, we get to say that too, you know. Amen. My God is very great. Yes. And he's, and he's, and we just want to worship him and thank him. Brother Tim, Brother Murphy away in Boston, as we've heard. Brother John's away on a little bit of a holiday, which is good. And it's me. <laughs> Pretty empty. Brother Ernie, God bless you. Thank you for stepping in. We so enjoyed the message the other night. Amen. We love you dearly, Brother Ernie. We've traveled along this road a long time together. Amen. And I look forward to spending eternity with you. Well, here we go with part four. Remember, we started the, we start getting into a subject and you start to say, you know, I wondered how these brothers got 200 and something. Well, I am, I'm, I'm understanding it. And I, I know, and I, I know how Brother Branham, when we talked about having Job on the ash heap for the month, I understand that. So bear with me. Amen. We'll get to where we want to go, and surely that uh, if God is gracious, He'll He'll speak to us individually. And that's what I love about the message because it is so individual. Now this morning I have a friend that's standing here, and I have to ask for his forgiveness. Um, I'm much older than he is, and that's Brother Ed Hammermeister and Sister Sandy standing here with Ethan. And he texted me to let me know he was coming. But as you know, we've had some very, very busy weeks. And if I'm on a text, and I'm even typing a text and my phone rings, hey, my brain's a sieve. I don't even know who I was texting the minute before that. And then, of course, other texts and other phone messages come in. And when I saw Brother Ed Hammermeister and Sister Sandy walk to that front door, I go, oh, my goodness. I didn't finish the text. But we welcome you, Brother Ed, and I tell you what, you'd be here if I... <laughs> so we can remedy those things. Well, we welcome you, and it's nice to see you. We love you dearly. I like to turn to Genesis. This might be a little bit heavy. It might be depending on which side of the fence you're on, I guess. You know, you can be called a chicken or a turkey or a eagle, one of the two, three. And um, I, I, I hope I'm talking a whole pile of eagles. As uh, Brother Gary Walker said one time, I think it was his daughter, and they were talking about eagles and chickens. And we're not chickens, Dad. We're eagles. And eagles eat chickens. That's exactly right. I thought that was a great saying to remember. We eat chickens. Well, we don't eat chicken food. We eat the body word of the Son of Man. And, you know, we are, as we journey along life's road, and, and as we get a little older in, in our uh, in these natural temples, uh, hopefully we get a little wiser. And so often we talk to younger people, and and it's it's a surprising how much they think they know. It's very surprising 
Very surprising. And you don't see anything of what's, what, what's worth wasting your air. They're not going to listen to you anyway. So then you, then you find, you just get a little smile on your face. You'll say, one day, they'll figure this out. And I remember my dad, I always had, you know, but dad, but dad, but dad. And dad would say, one day, son, one day, it will come around your turn. And uh, I found out it has come around. And uh, I start to realize the older you get, the less you know. You know, I don't know about these guys that get all puffed up knowing, think that you know everything. But the older I get, the more I start to realize, the less I know. Amen. Genesis chapter 4. I told you Genesis, but I guess I didn't tell you what chapter, did I? Genesis chapter 4 and verse 3 it says, And in the process of time it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel, he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. But unto Cain and to his offering, he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why are you wroth? And why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. That's that's a powerful statement. And Cain talked with Abel, his brother, and it came to pass, when they were in the field, that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and slew him. And the Lord said unto Cain, Where is Abel thy brother? And he said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? And he said, What hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground. May God add his blessing to his word. You may have your seats. We've been ministering or speaking on the last four or five services. I think this is part four, but the one before that was part one, but got to be part two, which is part one. So we were part four, but we're at really part five. So, did you get that? I just want to get your attention. Come to this place provided for you. It's been the title, and we will continue with that. God has always made a provision for his children. Whether the children listen to his provision is another thing. Look at how we started already. So God makes a provision. God makes a provided way. God tells you exactly what we should do. But it's whether we listen. To what God wants or what we want. 
And that's the marvelous statement that Jesus said, it's not my will, but thy will be done. That's a marvelous statement. Because that really takes an inner born again man to do that. If you lean towards your flesh, your flesh will not want to do the will of God. It will always want to do the will of the flesh. The Bible talks about the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. Those are all laying in the scripture. We have people that came and we see in the Bible that they said, well, we love you, Lord. I love you. He says, you love me? He said, just keep my commandments. And how simple was that? And yet how hard it was. So if we just took a definition of just do what I say, then you'll find out who really loves you. End of service. Think on these things. And you will do well. So we so hurry so sometimes over a service because we've got we think we've got so much to say. And yet there's some profound statements a prophet makes, and we so quickly read over them because we think we know them. We've read them, but do we really hear them? It's always good questions. So we then we know that Abel and Cain there was a time that they had to come to worship. They worshipped outside the garden, so there was a place provided that they came to worship. But we know that Cain's worship was not accepted. It wasn't accepted. And because he was, it wasn't accepted, he wasn't happy to hear what God's accepted place of worship was. You have to understand that. Because a person realizes God says worship here. And you don't do what he says. You can find a group of people even in this group that aren't happy. Because they haven't come God's provided way. They want to do it their way. And I hate that song and I hate to bring it up but I will. Frank Sinatra which many of you wouldn't even know who that guy is. I'll do it my way. Famous song, and it's been recorded, and people, they love the song because that's exactly what they do. They would rather live their life their way. But God, rich in mercy, has provided a message in this hour to give us God's provided place of worship. It's very simple, but even from that, you will find there's factions in the message. It's because they think they have God's way of worship. Where Brother Bram just simply said, say what I say. Don't add to it. Don't take away from it. Just do what I say. Pretty simple. Pretty simple. But those that love him will keep his commandments. So God has provided us a place of worship. Always has. The thing that we need or had needed 
was that we would perceive where God's place of worship was as we spoke last week on the thief on the cross. However, that cross was located and he got to see the sign over Jesus, King of the Jews, in multiple languages. Just in case you missed it, there's been a hub gone around the world. Just in case you missed it, they've crucified this message again. With wicked hands. It's a bleeding word. So far so good? So then if we look at the message, we need to look at it through the eyes of a prophet. Not through your eyes. Not through your emotion. Not through your understanding. But you need to look at through how God sees this. How many of our thoughts or doctrines or ideas of what the Bible meant changed when we came into the message? Now, me, I didn't have to change much because I knew nothing. I didn't know that Matthew twenty-eight nineteen says, Go ye therefore, baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. And find out there's a whole world that baptizes that way. But it took a messenger to come. To say the name of the Father, Son and Holy Ghost is the Lord Jesus Christ. And anybody that was ever baptized in the Bible was baptized not in the titles. But yet, and then God comes with an angel. And confirms the word. But they sure, they want to be like Cain and worship their own way. And then they become jealous of you. They want to hurt you, kill you, speak evil of you. And all you want to do is live holy. I mean, that was so simple. Even the youngest of us could get that. So then that spirit that was on Cain runs right through the Bible. But I want to say you, the spirit that was on Abel also runs right through the Bible. And my Bible says, by faith, Abel offered a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. And Brother Bram turns around and said, that faith was revelation. Something was revealed to Abel that Cain couldn't see. Hallelujah. So now here I stand, you sit, and we say, hey, we see a message. We see something, I would say, billions of people don't see. And yet, we're not the happiest people on the face of the earth. Where the prophet said you should be the happiest people on the face of the earth. But we will get into Abel's revelation. So then when we view something, we need to view it correctly. You were with me on that, Todd? We want to see it correctly. Right? So Brother Branham gives us an idea of how to do this. Listen, saints. You know, I, I, I don't want to burst your bubble. But there's a lot of people that say they're in the message that don't believe the message. They believe a flavor of it. Just enough to worship. Their way. So we must view it. As we will look at it. 
to God's chosen place of worship. We must find that place. And we've been speaking on that over the last little while. Let's find that place. Let's view it the way God sees it. So Brother Bram tells in the message, what's in thy hand? He said, not long ago, he said, a friend of mine, John Sproul, was in LaSalle, Lorraine, and was going through a, a great garden there, and there was a statue of Christ. And he and his wife were standing off looking at it, looking at it, statue of Christ. And he says he was criticizing it. Criticizing it. They were, they were looking at it. They were seeing it, but they were criticizing it. There was nothing there to look like the suffering of Christ, they said. Nothing there. And the man, a man said to him, which was the guide said, sir, you are criticizing the statue. You are criticizing the statue. He said, yes, I am. I am. He said, you're looking at it wrong. He said, come here. See this altar? Get down on your knees. And look up now. And when he looked up, his heart broke the sculptor had made it so that when you're not standing off to see it, but when you're down on your knees, he said his heart broke. He said, because that was the proper way to look at it. And there is a proper way to look at the message. If you want to just look at it as a book, that's all you're going to see, a statue. What's so great about it? But if you get down in the right position and you start to look at God and people, there'll be something that actually starts welling up within you because you're looking at it rightly. You're not looking at it as a bunch of books on a shelf, but you're looking at the Word made flesh beside you. And in you. It's important to do that, Brother Ernie. Moses told the children of Israel, as we do a little bit of rehearsal over last week, in, in Deuteronomy 16 and 1, observe the month of Abed, and at that time of a month, at the time of the Passover, in the month of Abed, for the Lord thy God brought thee out of, out of uh, Egypt by night, there'll be a sacrifice, there'll be a Passover, but it'll be put in a place which the Lord chose to place his name. And we went over how Brother Bram um, um, preached the message God's chosen place of worship, God's only provided place of worship, or God's provided place of worship. Three times. Then he says, now in one of the messages, he says, now look at John the Baptist. He was fulfilling Isaiah 40 and 3. Behold, there he is. So now there was many people at the river being baptized. And there was John the Baptist who was one that was crying in the wilderness, so he was fulfilling his part of the scripture. And there were many disciples, followers of John. But when he said, behold, the Lamb of God that take away the sins of the world, I want to ask you the question very quickly. 
How many followed him? In fact, on the first time that he introduced the lamb, no one followed him. On the next day, when John said it again, he said, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. Then Andrew and another disciple left to follow him and said, Where do you live? Can you imagine Messiah? Fulfillment of scripture. They had the right, they were in the right place at the right time. There was John the Baptist fulfilling his part of scripture. And he was saying, look, behold the lamb. And nobody was catching it except two disciples. Can you imagine that? He said, behold, there he is. He's God's chosen place of worship. Now, isn't that marvelous? We look at it back through the rear of your mirror now. And we say, of course, of course, that's God's chosen place of worship. But your Bible also said there was no beauty in him that we would desire him. He spoke with a common language. It would be like David DeCurdy standing up and saying he's Messiah. And we'd look at him and say, are you kidding me? Think about it. But we know his mother. We know his father. We know Joseph. We know Mary. Isn't this their son? And he looked like every kind of any other kind of man. But when Peter looked the right way. Who do men say that I the son of man am? Thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Blessed are you, Simon Barjona. For flesh and blood hath not revealed this to you, but my Father, which is in heaven, hath revealed this to you. Now let me ask you a question. Who revealed this message to you? Mm -hmm. Did you learn it? Cain learned. Look what kind of worship he got and look kind of rejection he got. So then you can start to understand what the prophet said. Revelation. You should pray for revelation more than anything else. Because look at saints. People can come to church and play church. We don't want to play church. We are the church. See, I come to church Sunday morning. And I'm going to hear Brother Tom. And he might give an exhortation. He might get excited. But do you understand it? You are the church. This building isn't the church. It's a building. It's you people are the church of God's chosen place of worship. Hallelujah. And we start to understand now, quotes where Brother Bram said, under her messenger, she is the final voice to the final age. Well, how could she be the voice to the final age? Because her voice is worth nothing. Exactly. It's not her voice. It's the voice of God through her. God's chosen place of worship. Mm. 
So we've had the different messengers throughout the ages. We had the various stars in the hands of God, but down to the last age, there was one star that was going to be held in the hand of God, and that star, that beautiful star, was going to reflect another star called the morning star. He was a reflection. He was a messenger. He was showing us God's chosen place of worship where God would receive your worship. And he was telling us so plainly. It's not in the Baptist church. It's not in the Catholic church. It's not in those kinds of places. But he says now, the name where he puts his name. Because he's the word. Is that true? And that word was made flesh. So that name above all names is what? The Lord Jesus Christ. There's no name under heaven where men could be saved. But in the name of what? The name of Jesus Christ. So when John was saying that was God's chosen place of worship, he was telling the people, away with temple worship. There's God's chosen place of worship. And it took, it took some real revelation to look at that ragtag group of people. I want you to really stay with me here. Look around the room. Uh huh. I say you're a pretty good ragtag group of people. It took a real revelation to say that's Messiah. And a bunch of fishermen are walking with her. A bunch of street walkers are walking with him. But it wasn't even that because it comes down to a tighter, uh, a tighter squeeze. Unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no part of me. And 70 disciples left him. They left God's chosen place of worship. Because they wanted to worship God their way. And not the word way. Are you getting that? I don't want you to worship my way. Or your own way. I want you to worship God in God's way. Now let me ask you a question, saints of God. The way you worship is a reflection of how God is tabernacling. Because wherever God is, there's worship. Hmm. I'll just let you eat on that one for a little bit. For all the nodders and the ones that can't even... Amen. We'll get a little bit of oil for your jaw. And we're not following the yellow brick road. You're not the tin man. You're the bride of Christ. You're priests and kings. You're priests and kings unto God. And they bring worship. So that under their messenger, they'll be the final voice to the final age. And you know, saints, as that word, let me just say something to you. As that word becomes more real, the people become more holy. I'll see what the balcony didn't respond very well, so I'll take a look at the balcony. As the word becomes more real, 
the people become more holy. People say, well, I know God. I love God and live any kind of life you want. It's hypocritical. You've got a false religion. I want you to still love me when I'm finished. So we understand then that wherever God placed his name is the place where he worships. Where he wants worship. He said, Amen. Then the word interpreted is the manifestation of the name of God. So we got that far last week. The word interpreted is the manifestation of the name of God. So God had to have a prophet today to interpret the word so that you could see the name of God being manifested. We're we're there so far? If you don't have a prophet, let me just say, Behold, I send you Elijah the prophet before the great and dreadful day of the Lord. God promised at the end time that there would be a prophet. And that prophet, saints of God, was going to show you your proper place of worship. It's not in a church. It's in him. So as John pointed to the word, Malachi 4 points to the word. And the bride loves the word. Because she's a part of him. She loves him. She worships him. She adores him. That's why now you can read the song of Solomon and understand a love song. There's only one place of worship. And so the name. God put his name. Who is the word. And the word interpreted is the manifestation of the name of God. So now with that word interpreted is the manifestation of the name of God. We had a prophet that was the one that interpreted the word. And then he turns around and says the word interprets itself. Brother Branham didn't have to have put a badge on and say prophet. He just lived his life. And you looked at him and said prophet. Amen. And that's the way you see one another. You look at one another and say bride. 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 You don't have to say I'm bride. I'm bride. I'm bride and live some kind of life. You live his life and then you see bride. It's like one brother, when he first came into the message, he used to go out on Wednesday night, and they would have wine on Wednesday night to go out for dinner, and then they go out to a movie, and or they go to the bowling alley. Finally, he come and comes and gives his heart to the Lord, and he asks us, he says, well, you don't drink, you don't go to movies, and you don't bowl anymore, so what do you do? And everybody that was fellowshipping that evening said, eat. <laughs> so then the natural types the spiritual. That's what we eat. We eat the word. We love the word. So the name is very important. The word interpreted is the manifestation of the name of of God. We have that. No wonder. Flesh and blood hath not revealed this to you, Brother Bram said. But my Father, which is in heaven, revealed this to you, who I am. On this rock I'll build my church, my place of worship. And the gates of hell can't shake it down. And that's why you can have web page after web page 
try and shake this message down. You cannot do it. You can't shake the word down. It's immovable. It's unshakable. Hallelujah. It's unmovable. It's unshakable. Oh, he said, the church of the living God stands firm on the foundation of Jesus Christ alone. Amen. It shall be light about the evening time. God's only chosen place of worship. So now he's telling us there will be light at the evening time. And there's only one place to worship is in that light. Is in that light. God's only chosen place of worship. What's this message come to? What is he going to do? And in this day, it shall be light at the evening time. What is that light to do? This is the last quote we'll go over now. What is that light to do? Is to welcome his children back home. So you must have been home at one time. You must have been in the mind of God one time. So God sent a message to bring you back to that place of worship in Christ himself. Hallelujah. It will be light in the evening time. To welcome the children back home. To the pr- true promised land. The place that he has prepared for you. He's walking them back. He lifted the veil for Job. He took a prophet and went beyond the curtain of time. He gave you future home. He gave you things that are to be. Saints, you should be rejoicing this morning. Because this light is a light that's bringing you back home. God's chosen place of worship. That's the only place there is. That's the only place. Do as your brother Abel and you'll do well. Just do as your brother Abel and you'll do well. No, I'll do it my way. Your way, you're miserable. Wretched. Blind. Naked. You know what the problem with this deception is? You don't know it. But you know what? Everybody else knows it. Those that are walking in light. God's chosen place of worship is what? Jesus Christ. That's the only place there is. That's the only name God has for salvation. That's what the name, the family in heaven is. When it's on earth, it's Jesus Christ. So this is where we're going now. There's many fine women in the building tonight. Very loyal women in the building tonight. But there's only one Mrs. William Branham. There's only one Mrs. William Branham. She's the one that goes home with me. Amen? She's the one that goes home with me. She's the one that's my wife. There is fine people in the world. We're not saying they're not fine. Many fine women. Many fine churches. Many fine people. But there's one Mrs. Jesus Christ. And that's who he's coming to. Do you get that? 
That's what he's coming for. That's where his name lays. Now we're really getting down, down, down. We got, got you down this far last week. And just kind of get you a little bit farther down the road. That's where his name lays. Hallelujah. There is where his worship is. In her. In her. And her alone. That's true. Because in her, she's in him. Wherever he goes, we're with him. Amen. So then, there's God's place of worship. Is in her and her alone. He said, that's true. Yes, sir. We find that to be true. We find that to be true. And that's why we took then the quote of the rising of the sun. There are churches, churches, brides, churches, brides. But there's one bride that's coming. I want to say to you this morning, she's here. 1965, rising of the sun. There's been churches, churches, brides, churches, brides. But there's coming one, Ben, where God will place his name. And that will be God's place of worship. Amen. I can worship Him in me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When I get up in the morning, I can worship Him. I don't have to come to church to worship Him. He's living in the church. Hallelujah. It's not coming to church to be with you even though you're wonderful, fine people. But God is living in me. The bride of Christ. Where's God's place of worship, saints? In His bride. Mama. Come on. Mama, that's me. You gotta look in the mirror, folks. I hope you're in the message. Because you know the quotes. I don't have to give you the quote. Just shorten it down a bit. How did the thief see it? How did Peter see it? Coming up to a last moment in time, as we said, why didn't he get crucified on the day before? Why didn't he get crucified on the day after? Because in God's great mind, he provided a place for that thief to see God's chosen place of worship. And in God's great mind, he sent you Malachi 4. Glory. So that you can see where God receives worship. It's not how you feel. Oh, you hurt my feelings. As I said to one fellow, grow up. I'm not talking to a 14 year old. You've hurt my feelings. I better look over here. Well, you hurt mine too. Tit for tat. Brother Ed, have you ever had your feelings hurt? He's nodding yes. So what's that got to do with it? What on earth has that got to do with it? When God shows you his place, there's something that happens that man can't do. 
God starts to move in a realm so surpassing flesh. The apostle Paul, brother Ram said, he said in, now he said in Hebrews, he starts in an instant and he starts with this remarkable faith. And I thought that is incredible. It doesn't matter who, what messenger or who, what person. All of our lives start with a remarkable faith. The thief, his, his faith was remarkable, Brother Bram, because he believed in a crucified, derided, and dying Christ. That took faith, Brother Ernie. Incredible. Brother Bram said remarkable. To think that he was able. Now God to reach out to him. To give him that remarkable faith. Then he reaches out to him. And said Lord. When you enter your kingdom. Remember me. Today. Today. He's able to save you. Brother Bram said. He's able to save them. To the uttermost that come to him. If a dying savior. Can save a thief. My argument is. What could he do now. For him that lives. And reigns. He was surrounded by scoffers. We're surrounded by believers. (laughs) What kind of worship could we give him this morning? Then Brother Bram drops down. And he says, now God is living in his church. Your body. Your body. My body. That he might sanctify it with his own blood. That we might be cleansed or he cleanses us. By the washing of the water of the word. And presents us then to Christ. God. As a church without spot. Or wrinkle. Hmm. So now. You that are falling asleep. I want you to wake up and listen to this quote. Because this is exactly where you should be listening. Do you have kidney trouble? Or do you have arthritis? Almighty God can take that curse away from you this very moment. As I bless her in Jesus Christ's name, may she go made well. Amen. Now look, sister. Now, now he's trying to get her attention. Now, look, sister, you must act your faith. Mm. You must act this message. You must act the word Sharon. It's not just on Sunday and Wednesday. You must act your faith. <laughs> you must act your faith. Do you believe it? He said, if you believe it, you will act on it. 
than just go off the platform. No signs that she's healed. Just go off the platform rejoicing and be happy. <laughs> well, how many services have we had and the Holy Spirit at the end of the service and different ones stand and, you know, and, and then all of a sudden the next service we stand again for the same thing. What? Why don't you just stand, be happy, go rejoicing? I'm delivered. I'm happy I went rejoicing. I walked into my mom and dad's house. I said, what happened to you? I'm happy. I'm rejoicing. I went to all my friends. You know that? I went to every friend that I had. And every friend pushed me out the door. And every time I went out the door, Brother Ernie, I was happy. Just go happy and rejoicing and acting your faith. You say, oh, I'm God's chosen place of worship. God has come down and tabernacled himself in me. But boy, boy, oh boy, I can't even put a smile on my face. I can't even get the victory over this trial. It would be ridiculous. My God can do anything. I'd rather cross the river Whatever, which way it is, but with a happy smile on my face, rejoicing, saying, my God, he's more than able. Remember, remember, I preached on it probably a a year ago. Why Christ speak? He says, stop being a bunch of babies. That's a good quote, brother, isn't he? He says, stop being a bunch of babies. Act what you are. He said, Samson. When a thousand Philistines came, he go, he, Brother Bram said he didn't fall down on his knees and have a prayer meeting. He knew he was what? Anointed. He knew he was chosen. And he looked around and he had a, he had the jawbone of an ass. And a thousand Philistines. More than this in this room. Actor faith. Uh-huh. Yeah, you love to act Samson's faith because you're reading about it. Now I want you to act your faith because you're going to go out these doors and there's going to be more than a thousand Philistines. Mm-hmm. We sing this song. You ask me why I'm happy. And I just tell you why. Because we have a rejoicing service. I either throw those songs and tear them out of your songbook or sing them And live what you sing. (laughs) That was a nice trap, right, Kim? That was a pretty good trap. You happy? My sins are gone. Some people are more happier than others because... Why? Jesus said, "Who, who, who loveth much? Who loveth more? Him that's been forgiven much. And you wonder why I'm still happy after 45 years. It's a remarkable faith that you can stand in this generation and declare to Satan that God lives in me. And I'm actually God's chosen place of worship. He's put his name in you, hasn't he?
Psalms 107 and 1 says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord for He is good, for His mercy endureth only for some time. No, you sing, you sing the song. His mercy endureth for ever. So what, what, can I reread that again? Oh, give thanks unto the Lord for He is good, for His mercy endureth forever. I want every young person that has never thanked God, thank Him this morning. The Bible goes on and says, verse 2, Let the redeemed then of the Lord say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord. For he hath redeemed them from the hand of the enemy. Hallelujah. So Brother Brandon goes on and say, Brother, sister, it's scary time. It's a scary time. Watch the things that's been prophesied. Watch the things that's happened. Watch all the prophecies being fulfilled. Then we see what it's all about. It's God confirming His Word exactly. The rock is smitten, friends. Flee to it as quick as you can. Prophecy is vindicating the day we're living in. Well, I was going to show the slide in the last couple of services. And I didn't let the brothers know that I was going to show the slide. So I'm not going to show the slide. I'm going to show you a picture. Is that okay? See the picture. Who saw that? Who's seen that picture? Ever seen that picture before? That was just recently in the news, last couple of weeks. Anybody see that? You see that? Anybody doesn't see that? Okay, this is round... It's red, and there's blue. Got that? That is the universe. Hmm. Brother Bram said, they will find out one day they aren't looking out into the eternities. Oh, they put it up there. There you can see it. Oh, technology. Don't you love it? Thanks, Joe. So that's your universe. Next slide, please. Wow. They're saying the universe may actually be curved like a giant inflated balloon. A new study claims, according to researchers, the universe is curved and that curve is a gentle one. The idea is that if you travel far out into space, beyond the galaxy, moving in a straight line, you eventually be back where you started. It's known as a closed universe. That's science. Next slide. Don't we have two on there, Joe? There's only two. The next slide is where Brother Bram says, they, when, they will find out. They will find out when they look. They'll look in a curve. So now, there's a prophet. He just throws that out. It's no big deal. He just throws that out. And now we're living in fulfillment of prophecy. He just throws that out. I'll finally get to it. But he just throws that out there. And it gets fulfilled. But the only one. That actually start to look and see. 
are the ones where Revelation 13 says, whose names were written in the Lamb's book of life before the foundation of the world. Those are the only ones that when they look to Christ can actually see. They're looking and they're not seeing with their natural eyes. They're seeing with the eyes of God. So now you're anointed. John says in 1, 1 John 1, 2 and 27. says, now you have been anointed. Like Samson was anointed. Now you're anointed. The Greek, if you take a look at that anointed, it says, but the anointing which you received of him abideth in you. you. You're listening. So then in the Greek it says, then the anointing, which is that gift of God, is and has been your preparation. God prepared you. Before the foundation of the world. To able to see God. And see his place. His provided place. Because it's not you. It's God in you. That he has prepared you. To see his chosen place. Of worship. He said when did he prepare you? Before a hundred billion Trillion, million years ago. And before that. Yes, sir. Every one of sons will have the same manifestation. And those are the ones that have been predestinated into the mind of God. I've gone to prepare this place for you. This place where you dwell in Christ. This place where you have victory. This place where you have Christ himself. What a place that's been prepared. Do you see what I see? I guess we're coming into Christmas, right? December 1. Do you see what I see? Huh? So here were wise men in the east. And Brother Bram said nobody else saw the star. Why did they? Because they were prepared. They had been anointed to see. And it didn't matter the danger. It didn't matter the length of time. But that light was leading them to the Word made flesh, God's chosen place of worship. You say, oh, it's Christmas time, so you just brought that in. No, I just put it down anyway. They came, and when they found Jesus as a young child, you know what they did when they found that chosen place of worship? What did they do? Ah, I hope you're getting my point. When they found him, they worshipped him and they opened their treasures. I trust you can open your treasures and worship him this morning. We started out 
We worship you in spirit and in truth. Worship is an action. It's an active response to God. So now you say, well, I come to the house of worship. It, the word is an active word. And that being an active word means then there is an active response to God when you have found Him. Hmm. You know, in the, in the, in the Gale, way back in the, uh, what I guess when, who was it? King James. Ken said to me in uh, being a history guy, he told me, he says, the only good thing King James did was the Bible. So when you take a look at that word in the old English, it's worse Skype. Worse Skype. Modified to worship. Worth-ship. Is he worthy of worth-ship? You think I got a lift? So if he's worthy, he's worth the ship. He's worthy of worship. It means then to attribute worth to the God that's worthy of worship. <laughs> and you wonder why some churches are dead? Because they haven't found the worth in the word to worship. Mm-hmm. Yep, they just go to church to nod their head. They go to church to have the minister get excited. Saints, it should be the other way around. It should be the other way around, Jeremy. It should be where you're sitting in your seat. You're giving him worship. You're saying, God, you're worth all the value. But people come to church now. They nod their head, clap their hand, go away, and they call that worship. God's chosen place of worship is worship. Hallelujah. When they saw that he was the Christ, they fell down on his knees and they worshipped him. If you believe this word is Christ, then you need to worship him. Hallelujah. I don't care how staunch you are. I don't care what it is. But if you think that this Christ is worth-ship, give him worth-ship because he's worthy of the worth-ship. I found the chosen place of worship and they fell down and they worshipped him and they opened their treasures, Brother Ernie. You say, well, I don't have much to give. Just give him yourself. Give him your worship. Give him your praise. I don't want your nods, Caleb. I want you to worship him. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm going to heaven where he's sitting on the throne. Where we just preached the last couple of services. The Bible, where Brother Bram says, we'll never leave his side. So there'll be holy angels worshiping him, but they won't have the worship we got. Uh huh. I've been redeemed by a love divine. And because of that redemption, I have worship him. 
Hallelujah. I don't care, Matthias. I don't care how you look at me. Sideways, backwards, whatever, which way. There comes a time when you'll lift up your hands. There will come a time when you'll say, praise him. You might as well start doing it here. Because we're going to do it over there. He's worth ship. He's worth the worth ship. Hallelujah. Jesus saved me. Is he worth it? Then let's worship him. Hallelujah. This is not a church where you come to and sit in your nice chair. Nod your head. I don't like what he's preaching or I like what he's preaching. That's not what we've been called to God's chosen place of worship. We're called to worship him. And you notice the people, the people that got the attention of the prophet were the ones that were yelling in the back, praising him in the back. God bless you, sister. He's already healed you. Why? It was worship. We're not Hutterite, Baptite, Mennonite, Messagite. We're Christians. And the thief saw him on the cross. And when he saw him, remember me, Lord. Lord's worship. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Worship, as the, as the Greek says, is an active response. It's an active response. Uh-huh. Go to a hockey game and it becomes an unnatural response. Shoot, 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 shoot. Silly puck. Get more than this what the worship's worth. Tell you what, Jack, those nets will burn, the pucks will melt, the skates will rot, but there's one place we're going to that's eternal. It's got streets of gold. Amen. And there's, there's a stream that comes out of the throne and it cascades down that mountain. That's where I'm going, Ernie. I don't know. Maybe you'll be on my street. Got to be the Hallelujah Boulevard. Huh? The corner of the Amen and Hallelujah. We might have a condo together. Huh? Worship Him. Glorify Him. God's chosen place of worship is not given to everybody. Only Abel caught the revelation. Noah caught the revelation. And he made preparation for his family. Hallelujah. Yep. There will be some people. There are no mourners bench. No sinners bench. Mm-mm. Just worship. Worship act of response to God. Where we describe his worth. So then that tells me how much you, how much is he worth to you? Amen. Sounds silly, doesn't it? The very one that saved you and loosed you from your chains. Freed you from the grip of Satan. Satan who had your head in the ground. 
mixing it all up. But then when Jesus came, it loosed him. Hallelujah. And in that name, he broke the bars. Not his muscles. No, sir. It was in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I loose you. And you know what they did at Horn? They worshipped him. They said, we're free. We're free. Hallelujah, Sister Sue. It's worthy of all praise and glory. Hallelujah. When you think that God could bring you in to God's chosen place of worship, give you sons, give you daughters, give you wives. Give you healing, give you salvation, give you deliverance. These men, when they looked at the star, they saw one man saw gold. That's all he saw was the deity of God. Isn't he mighty God? He's the omnipotent God. He's everlasting to everlasting. I'd like to send under his kind of preaching. He's the alpha. He's the omega. He's omnipresent. He's omniscient. All that one saw was gold, gold, gold. And all he preached was God in you, deity in you, deity in you, gold in you. Hallelujah. So why don't you open up your treasure this morning? Because you've got gold in you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You've got deity in you. Open up your treasure and give him worship. But the other one, all he saw was frankincense in service. Let's serve the Lord. Let's do something for God. Let's be in Ethiopia. Let's be in Uganda. And you get a mission-minded church. And they give commissions. Why? It's worth it. This message worth it. I will worship him. I will worship him. How about the other third man? He he had frankincense. Die. He like Paul, you gotta die daily. Die to yourself. Die to Lady Asia. So, well, I don't like that kind of church. Well, you got it here. He might, he might preach on service or he might preach on deity, as one brother said years ago. He says, but they were all preaching their revelation. And it made one glorious rainbow. Hallelujah. What a treasure have you got to give out this morning? Treasure of praise. <laughs> Hallelujah. God, rich in mercy, gave and provided them a light to bring them to God's chosen place of worship. If he could lead wise men across the Euphrates River, over sand and over dunes, 
over robbers and whatever they had. Brother Bram said there was an angel band around them. Uh-huh. Margaret, I don't care whether you came from the Caribbean or you go to Toronto or you come to Cloverdale. God knew where you would arrive. At God's chosen place of worship. Do you get it, saints? God has led you every step of the way. And he's led you that we could worship him together. I just think about it. From Fiji to the Philippines. Huh? From India. From Africa. From Europe. From America. From Canada. Amen. God led us to his chosen place. Man never led you, Ben? Nope. It wasn't because you were born in the church either, Ben. Because God knew your great, 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 great grandfather. And he knew your great, 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 great grandmother. And he knew that nothing could happen. You know, I used to say I was Scotch. I can't say that anymore. My wife got me Ancestry.com. So I kept on saying, uh, you know, McRae, you know. That's what they told me when I was in England. I have to find those brothers that told me that. So, we send them a little bit of a swab. And you know, they tell you, I mean, they, this one was pretty honed down. Pretty honed down. Honed down. Like 96 or 4%, honey. About 96% honed. Not even near Scotland. Uh-uh. Nope. Somewhere around Nottingham. Essex, I don't know, somewhere in England, but the dot was so green. One percent France, I don't know how that guy got there. But listen, if natural man can tell you exactly where you're born. Amen. Natural man can tell you exactly where you're. Listen, I had to go through the Romans that put up Hadrian's Wall, Wales. I had to fight the Picts. I mean, Englishmen were tough. <laughs> we survived. That's amazing. I mean, you talk about a bunch of heathens. Huh? And you can survive and God watched over you. World wars, bubonic plagues. And then man can tell you exactly where you came from. Surely then this message. That tells you, brother Mark, you came from the very mind of God. And he sent this message to bring you home. Glory. Then he's worthy of worship. Hallelujah. Glory. A star could guide them thousands of miles. I tell you, a star in this generation is going to guide me past that milky white way. 
And if it can guide them to God's place of worship, it can drive me home. To my place that God has called me to before the foundation of the world. <laughs> you said they crossed the Tigris River. They crossed the Euphrates River. They went through trackless deserts. They penetrated and they kept going. They faced all kinds of danger. But God kept leading them. They stopped in Jerusalem. But the place of worship wasn't in Jerusalem. It wasn't in the Presbyterian church. It wasn't in the Methodist church. He kept leading them. Hallelujah, Brother Frank. He kept leading you out of the brethren. Have to be a shoe salesman on a certain street that a certain man has to walk into your shop to give you this message. I say he's worthy. Glory! Because you were witnessing God's chosen place of worship. Come on, Brother Roy, you old vacuum cleaner salesman. Huh? Cleaning away in North Vancouver. Brother Ernie's got to come from where? You've heard Brother Ernie. I mean, you've been in so many places, I don't even know where to say you were from. So many churches, so many things, and so many... But God had revealed the word to Brother Ernie so that the word could go to Brother Roy. From Rhode Island to Florida to Arizona to Vancouver. Why? Because there was a seed laying there. Hallelujah! You have to look at that your way. God has led you to his worship. You are not Cain. You're not satisfied with that. You're not jealous of this. You just want more of this. You don't want to murder somebody's character. You don't want to do nothing. You just want to lift up the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. What a mighty God we serve. Amen. You almost get me preaching. <laughs> Notice how slow I was there at first? I thought I impressed a few people there. He's not getting too excited. But this is what something we're shouting about. Getting excited about. The star, the star, the messenger. Malachi 4, Luke 17, 30, Revelation 10, 7. I don't care what you want to call it. That star led us to Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. It didn't lead us to a form of worship. Where I, you know, I like this brother, but he's still got sin in his life. And no, the blood of Jesus Christ. What does it do? Cleanses us from some sin. Oh, you're believers. Brother Ram said in questions and answers, the foolish virgin doesn't believe in full atonement. Foolish virgin does not believe in full atonement. But the bride believes in full atonement. I love this brother Ernie. 
I love it. Because once you come into his presence, into this blood, didn't matter what the thief did. He didn't have to rattle off a whole list of what I'd done. People said, you're not sincere. You never said this, that, and everything else. Come on, really? The night I got saved, I just got down on my knees right here. It wasn't here. It was over in the house. I just got down on my knees. You know what? Anybody had frozen legs before? Where you've knelt so long that your legs gone, you go to stand up and you fall over? That was me. I felt like, I felt like crazy. But there was no thunder. There was no lightning. There was no earthquakes, Michael. But all I knew, it was over. <laughs> all I knew, drugs went, dope went, booze went. It was over. Hallelujah. I found God's chosen place of worship. And in that place you get deliverance. Come on, come on. People come in, out, in, out. Hey, just get one time. One time. Brother Roy, right? One time? One time. Get into the presence of God. Not by your mind. By your heart. Open the treasure of your heart. The star led them to worship. Look, my brother, as the thief did. Look and live. He didn't list out what he did. Didn't list out what he stole. He didn't list out how he grew up. Just remember me, Lord. And how often you heard that prophet say, Sir, you're, 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 you're sick here. You've got, you've got cancer. But there's a darker cloud than that. You got unbelief. You're a sinner. He said, do you want to receive Jesus? You do? You're saved. Go home, you're healed. But what did he do? He believed. I believe the true report. (laughs) He believed. He acted his faith. They got scoffers at the the cross. They got mockers. They got the high priest. You got the, or I shouldn't say the high priest. They got the Pharisees there. They're all there witnessing Christ's crucifixion. And the religious system's all there. But he bypassed all that. He bypassed Cain worship. Because there was a seed in him. Placed in there. Amen. Before he was anointed. Like Samson. He was anointed. Where is he, King of the Jews? Where is he? We've got many today in vain do they worship me. Teaching the doctor, teaching for doctrines, the commandments of man. Yep, many churches. Many. Following the ideas and thoughts and doctrines even in this message. But I'm not worried about them as I said to you last week. I'm not worried about them. I'm just worried about you. What God has given us. So that we can sojourn together. So that we don't worship the way we want to worship. We worship the way God wants us to worship. We don't want vain worship. We don't want the doctrines of man. We want the word of God and the word of God itself. 
It was God that provided the bloody skins. It was God that provided that little lamb at Jehovah Jireh. It was God that provided Calvary. It was God that provided Revelation 5. It has always been God has given us a provided place. God has given a provided place to worship Him in spirit and in truth. Musicians, please come. Now do you understand, as I do, more and more in the adoption series, where Brother Branham so wonderfully said, and God sent Jesus to make your inheritance more real to you. Isn't that wonderful? God sent the word to make this more real to you. Because there's nothing you can do to inherit it. All we could produce is what Cain produced. That's all we could produce. But God rich in mercy. God rich in mercy. Put something in you. To identify. And catch the revelation. Of where God's provided place of worship really is. Huh. A special gift. I'd say he's worthy of worship. You're anointed, a special gift. Or in the Greek it also says it was God's preparation. God already prepared you for this. He's worth shipped. So we are anointed. We've been pre-prepared. <laughs> Brother Victor, you can go to the island this week and you can look the devil in the face and you can tell him, I'm anointed. I've been prepared. I've been set to conquer you. I've been given the ability by God, by His Word, to conquer any weird thought, any weird idea, anything Satan would try to throw at you. Your anointing means you got supreme power. Come on, come on. It's an act of, it's act of worship. Your anointing is supreme power over every situation. Hmm. Well, now we got to have active faith here. Oh, it's rich. It's rich. If we can catch it, it's rich. This preparation, this anointing is supreme control. Supreme power. In control, Brother Bram says, knowing exactly what and how to do. Hmm. 
So now, I'll leave you with this last thought. For whosoever then is born of God overcomes the world. Why? We've been prepared. We're anointed. Supreme control over every situation. Now listen to him. He says, for whosoever is born of God. Now, ask yourself, am I born of God? Am I born of God? Overcometh the world. They don't let televisions in their home. (laughs) I'll stop there because that's probably will be way too long on that list. But he that's born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world. What is it? Even our faith. Our faith. That's where it all started from. Faith. And by faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice. This is our victory. So then, to him that overcometh the world is he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. That's what 1 John 5, 5 says. Then... If you want to take a look at, and this will be my last, is he that overcometh, he that's born again overcometh the world. Are you listening real good now? Because you you got supreme power. It's worthy of worship. To overcome something means to conquer it. To overcome is to prevail. Is actually to get the victory. To overcome something is now to take that which is trying to conquer you, you conquer it. I like that. Yes, sir. You're victorious over all foes. Whosoever is born of God overcomes what? All foes. Overcomes all foes. Overcomes all, here's a good one now. Here's a good one. Temptations. (laughs) Because now saints of God, listen, listen, that's another message in itself. We'll we'll, we'll go on. I don't know. I, I told you this is my last. All temptations and all persecutions. When one then goes to the law, to win the case, he wins the cause. So now you go to the king, you bring out your case, and you win your cause. There's nothing, saints of God, you cannot do outside of Christ. You can do all things through Christ that strengtheneth you. I now I'd like you to do something that is very maybe different. We've done it maybe once or twice before. But I want you to turn around to a person right behind you and say to them, God bless you, overcomer.
Oh, freeze, 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 freeze. Everybody stop right now. Freeze right now. I wanted you to look at each other's face when you said that. I forgot that part. When you turned around to say, God bless you, overcomer. You said it with a smile. Overcoming power is what we have today. You gotta start somewhere, Ben. (laughs) Why don't we stand? Overcoming power is what we have today.